You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G network. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part, mm-hmm. it works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store. And be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla. I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing? Is every time our dad comes to visit... He calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get, it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings, to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista, and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this, and I can't wait to hear what Dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. everyone welcome back to the bellas podcast yes today we have a very special guest environmentalist and podcaster ayana young is joining us that is right and brian is back to host a hilarious edition of everyone's favorite game show bella Bella Brains. brains all right here we go
Happy hump day, Bella Army. I'm Bree. And I'm Nicole. And this is the Bella's Podcast. And if you guys are like me, you've been reading a lot of headlines about climate change and feeling overwhelmed. So we wanted to bring you an episode to empower you about sustainability. That is right. And since you all know that Bree and Brian are so passionate about this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Brian to step in and co-host this interview with Ayana. And you guys, I am so excited for this opening up. So let's pop that bottle. All right, today we're opening up with some homemade Douglas fir tea. And I thought, you know what, Brian, because you're part of opening up today, it's only appropriate that we drink your favorite tea. Yeah, I love it. It tastes uh, a little bit like licorice. Yeah, like Christmas in a cup is what it reminds me of. Yeah, and Native Americans apparently used it in the area for uh, essentially like a coffee replacement. There might be a little caffeine in it. I don't get quite the same jolt I get from coffee, but I I love the taste. I always love pick-me-ups. All right, you guys, so we're so excited to have Ayana on the podcast today. You know, the one thing that Brian and I have been talking about is we've realized socially and between our friends and family, and I feel like just globally, um, a lot of people are starting to read major headlines about climate change and how big the crisis is and how overwhelming it feels. And I feel like a lot of people are like, well, where do I start? And does this mean I need to completely change my life or how can I be more sustainable? So we thought, why not bring on a very powerful environmentalist, Ayana Young, to just kind of empower our listeners today. So Ayana Young, thank you so much for joining us. Mm, Yes, it is wonderful to be with you both. And I wish I was joining you with Doug Fir Tea. Douglas Fir is one of my favorite trees. It's actually surrounding me right now. I usually pick the tips off in the springtime when they're green and soft and chew on them. And they're, yeah, super good for your immune system and all sorts of stuff. So we're in good company with Doug Fir today. Yeah. So I keep looking um, at how Native Americans use different plants and everything in the Pacific Northwest and how we can use that and adapt that to our own needs now. And I didn't know that you could chew on those. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome to know though. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to start to do that. (laughs) But on to more important things than tea, um, you know, Brian and I, so Everyone kind of knows from our reality shows and seen us on YouTube and even from the podcast that compared to the average person, um, we try to live more eco-friendly and we try to do the best we can to help the environment. But the one question we always kind of get from people is, where do I start? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. after all these headlines and I feel like everyone thinks of it as like you have to change your lifestyle like a hundred percent, even though some people do. But we didn't know if you had any good tips for our listeners on ways that they can kind of start to be more sustainable, how they can be more eco-friendly without being terrified. Oh my goodness. That is such an important question. And thank you for asking that because I get it. The overwhelm and the paralyzation that can come when we're reading these headlines every day, whether it's the Amazon burning or flooding or glaciers melting, it's so enormous. And I don't believe as humans, we evolve to be able to take in this type of global news all the time through social media 24-7. It's a lot on our nervous systems and it's kind of this impossible ask to be able to handle all of this uh, information and try to do something about it. And so when I think of how can we really be potent in our actions and how can we show up as allies to the earth and 
um, and to be the best stewards and humans as possible because we are in relationship with this earth. Even if we don't feel like it, even if we feel like we're not quote unquote nature people, the bottom line is we are from this earth. And in order to be in reciprocity, we really have to ask ourselves, how are we showing up every day and how are we living within the means of a caring capacity or what the earth can really offer? And so when I think about what are some things that we can do starting today, um, I think that we really need to get local because I know you know a few months ago and probably a lot of people saw this, the Amazon was on fire. And of course, that's a huge issue that we all should care about. But how much can say I do in Northern California about the Amazon being on fire? Um, there's, you know, I don't know local organizations there. I don't know the people on the ground. I'm not really sure how I can support them. Now I can find organizations that I trust and I can donate resources or whatever it is that I have in terms of gifts to them. But I do feel that really where we should start is in our own communities, and what that could look like is looking up grassroots organizations that are in our communities that are either stopping glyphosate from being sprayed in our local parks or learning who our local farmers are and supporting them at farmer's market and not buying from the big multinational corporations at the markets. It could look like, my goodness, it could look like doing creek restoration in our neighborhoods. It could look like, um, you know, really looking at our consumption and saying, do I need to go on to Amazon.com right now and order this thing that I probably will throw away in three months, six months, a year? Do I really need that? Because we have to understand everything that we consume has such a big footprint. Where was it mined to get the materials? Where was it made? Who was packaging it? How was it being sent to us? Where is the packaging going? You know, it, really everything that we do and consume, it has a story behind it. And so, you know, just going back to the simplification of it again, because in a way it's not simple, but I do agree that if we take it all on at once, it's like eating an elephant in one bite. It's just, it's too overwhelming. But to me, it's let's get really local. Let's figure out what we can do at a grassroots level in our neighborhoods to begin with. And let's also really understand our consumption. And the last thing I'll say about the local piece is that it's really easy to get frustrated and even to complain about laws or acts that are passed. But if we're not willing to go to those city hall meetings, and if we're not willing to really read what's going to be passed in our areas, then it's hard for us to really get frustrated about it if we're not willing to get engaged. Do you find it's harder to get people engaged now with uh, so many people? So for example, there's so much participation online, but then I also feel like when I'm talking with my friends and stuff about like actually getting engaged like physically they're less prone to do it. Do you mm -hmm. find that too or no? Well, I think clicktivism can be dangerous because it can make us feel like we're really doing something by sharing on Facebook or sharing on Instagram, which I'm not saying we shouldn't do. I do think we should be uplifting stories and voices from the front lines and voices of the resistance. But if that's where our, quote, activism or engagement ends is with clicking, we do have a major problem there with how we are showing up in the world. Like we really can't just rely on everybody else or a few people to do all the dirty work. We have to roll up our sleeves and get involved if we want to see change. Now, if we want to see the Anthropocene and climate change take over, and if we don't mind if climate chaos comes at our front door and we lose 200 species a day, which is what we're losing right now, then sure, we can go on as business as usual. But if we actually want to turn this boat around, 
we cannot go on as business as usual and we have to get engaged and we have to not only be on our computers and just clicking away, but we do have to show up. I agree. And you know, it's funny because I feel like it's almost like going to the gym. The hardest part about going to the gym is Mm. getting in your car and going. But the minute you're there and you're doing it, you feel great. And afterwards, you're like, why have I, it's been taking me so long. And then when you're consistent with it, you see a transformation, you feel like a rock star. And I feel like it's the same as being an activist. It's like, it's so hard to get there because we're always like, oh, it's not convenient and we're so busy and But the minute you're out there and you help and you see that you're slowly making a difference with all these other people and you're uniting, you walk away and you feel fulfilled. And, you know, it's interesting you said, um, did you say clickism? Clicktivism. Oh, clicktivism. I feel like I've been guilty of that the last year. And I realized, and I was telling Brian this the other day, how unfulfilled it makes me. Like, I have a big platform. So I'm like, you know, when I, I use my voice, that feels good. But I'm like... I I hate that I haven't been doing more because I'm slammed with work and then, you know, um, being a wife and a mother. And I go, it's brought me to the end of this year, not feeling fulfilled. I want to be an activist again. I want to get out there again. And so um, it just makes me think of going to the gym. You just got to get in your car and go. Or your bicycle, I should that say. That is an, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's such a good analogy to, yeah, some, it is hard to break patterns and it is hard to work those muscles of engagement and activism, but you're so right. Once you get started, it feels really good. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting to me when it comes to the environment and I, I know when I say it, I'm different than other people because I have such a love and passion for it, but I've never met a person who's been out in the woods or by a lake or hiking or something who truly hated it. I I always feel like I hear people being like, wow, I needed that natural healing. And it, it's crazy to me why something that makes us feel so good, we don't protect. And, you know, it brings me to your documentary when old growth ends um, which came out, you guys, on December 4th. You need to check it out. Um, I'm going to put it up on my Instagram. I'm going to have a link, everything. But when I was watching it visually, it is just absolutely amazing. And the way you show Alaska and the Tungus Rainforest, I was like, why would anyone want to destroy this? I would do anything to be there because it looked so peaceful, so beautiful. And I'm like, how do people look at this and think, let's destroy it and and we could put something that could make us money or put something else there? It just, it killed me because I'm like, don't we all see that this right here is like our natural healing? We need to protect this. My goodness. Thank you so much for your words and your support when, when old growth ends. It was such a personal experience making that film because, um, and I kind of see it as this offering, this mythopoetic love (laughs) offering to the forest. And I had never made a film. I had never directed, oh my gosh, you should have seen me at times with this group of 10 powerhouse women that I had never, had only met a month prior that we made that film together. So it was a huge learning experience for me too. And of course, being there was really emotional because like you were saying, how can people destroy these places, especially when it's the last remaining intact ecosystems left on this earth? Like we really have to zoom out and understand how we have terraformed and transformed this earth and polluted it 
it's crazy. I mean, we really have done major damage. And so when we see these ecosystems that still have salmon runs, that still have old growth forest, we have let like the the statistic is two to four percent of old growth left globally. So think about that. We have two to four percent left globally, and we are subsidizing with our taxpayer dollars to log the last remaining old growth on our public lands that we technically own as U.S. citizens. So the insanity of it even goes deeper than that. It's like how are we even doing this? And then of course the whole story of the native corporations and what has happened to the indigenous folks up in Alaska is completely devastating. And when we're only looking, say, at the trees and we're not zooming out and looking at the way indigenous peoples have been treated and still are being treated and erased and how the salmon are connected to that and how the whales are connected to that and how the bear and the eagle and the clean water and so on and so forth, let alone carbon sequestration, which of course is directly related to climate change, we really start to see that when we pull the thread of old growth trees um, we're pulling the thread of an entire uh, fabric of life. And so we have to ask ourselves, how did we get to a place in this colonial mindset, in this modern mindset, that we are willing to destroy these last vestiges of life for what? For money in the bank account? And what is that going to buy us? Like really, what what is it that we are trying to fulfill so badly with capitalism that we're willing to kill everything else? Because that's what we're doing as a dominant culture. And so the film, yes, it's about old growth logging and it's about um, the fabric of life in the Tongass National Forest. But it's really asking us, what is our purpose? And how can we dive into this existential questioning of what has led us to become these type of beings on this earth that are willing to relate in this really destructive way. And um, yeah, it's complex and it's not a question that's so easy to answer. And I think it's a journey for all of us to sit with and meditate with because of course, in a way, like we started talking about activism of like, what can you do and how can you be engaged and how can you physically show up to meetings and go to protest and, you know, so on and so forth. But there's that other piece that's really asking us to question this dominant culture, to question how we are in relationship to the land, to the waters, to the air, to each other. And that to me is honestly the bigger question because everything is stemming from this type of destructive relationship. And what I ask myself all the time is, how can I be the best lover, friend, sister, mother, daughter, niece, whatever, to the land? How can I actually be in reciprocity? And so this film um, really speaks to that. And I still get just teary when I watch it because I can feel this place in my bones and I can remember what is happening up there that is just so drastic. And so this really is a moment for us to question ourselves right now. We really, really have to go deep inside our own psyches and, um, and ask ourselves, what are we willing to risk? I hope you guys are loving this conversation with Ayana. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Texas Pete is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's generosity in its simplest form. And it's a swagger people have who know what's good. That's right. Each Texas Pete sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. The signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce 
that can be used on just about anything. It has been at the center of dinner tables since 1929 and is still heating things up today. Oh yeah, and you know, you're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor. Yum. And their dust dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Mm, It's just making my mouth water thinking about it. I mean, I'm always reaching for the Texas Pete. I think we put it on our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We really do. We actually even sneak hot sauce in our purses. So if restaurants don't have hot sauce, we put it on. Texas Pete goes with me everywhere I go. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes, the sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I am totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe. Bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home and beauty inspired by real life, Walmart. Be a bold swimwear or graphic beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry, to healthy, low-sugar condiments. Mm-hmm. Everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations. Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house 
Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having a company really care about the ingredients inside it, that's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. So one of the things that really struck me with watching the documentary is you're kind of asking for a whole uh, philosophical shift for the culture, right? Which is kind of what needs to happen Mm -hmm. over this, like you had mentioned, colonial idea of dominion over the earth. It's one thing to get people to act and be like, okay, use reusable bags, right? Or uh, Naomi Klein Mm -hmm. had a a great thing. She was talking about like, what are we actually trying to do here? Are we just talking about about putting solar panels on Walmarts or are we actually talking about change? Um, In your mind, what do we need for this philosophical shift about putting the earth, maybe not putting the earth first, but putting the earth in the conversation as far as we require this. This is not something for us to just dominate and use uh, however we wish. How do you, how do you think we change that those mm. philosophical ideas? Such a great question and a big question. And um, you know, I sit in this question, so I'm not going to answer it with this, uh, <laughs> no, like with a firm knowingness, because I feel like I'm in the same boat as everybody else, just trying to do my best to. And I don't even want to say figure it out because I love that Naomi Klein was saying that, like, you know, solar panels on Walmarts or reusable cups or reusable straws. I mean, all of that still comes from somewhere. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have solar panels. I have solar panels. I live off the grid with solar panels. So, I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I'm in the boat, but um, it all still comes from somewhere. So it's not so much like, let's just change our infrastructure and continue consuming just as much and continue uh, extracting just as many resources, but just different resources. I mean, when you look at the lithium lakes that are in Bolivia for our solar panels, it's insane. Like it's, it's really incredible to see what renewable resource extraction looks like. It, it doesn't look better than uh, mining for coal. Um, so, or, or whatever else, but to go to your question of how do we sit with this philosophical question? I do think that in a sense, everybody kind of needs their own way in the door. And some people might really get in the door by hearing, yeah, you know, it's not just, oh, the earth is pretty or, oh, isn't this forest beautiful? It's literally like, do you want clean water and air? Do you want to live a healthy life or do you want to die of very painful diseases brought on by the toxicity that is modern industrial civilization? So sometimes people are going to put their own survival first, which makes sense as species in our, in that way. And when if we really want a healthy life for us and for future generations, we have to understand that there are repercussions to industrial civilization. And are we really 
willing to be okay with that type of uh, consequence. Um, for other folks, it might be um, it, it might be more spiritual. It might it not, so, not so much about just the survival of ourselves individually of our nuclear units, but more like is this how I am going to be as a human? Do I have responsibility to be in right relationship? Um, you know, how does it feel in my body when I consume and take without actually understanding what I'm exploiting? Am I okay, uh, you know, creating more factories of slave labor so that I can have certain conveniences that in the end of the day, I don't even really care about. And so I do think that everybody's, you know, for, for instance, my film, some people will really be moved by that. And for some folks, they're going to be moved by somebody like Naomi Klein. And for some folks, they're going to be moved by somebody else. And so I think that having um, this kind of decentralized media is really important, like what y'all do, because you're allowing people to hear from different perspectives. And, and I think that's important. And for me, how I have... Um, gotten to this place of philosophical questioning. And this is, I think, an actual, uh, this is, I think, actually important for everybody, no matter how they're getting their foot in the door, is we have to be quiet and we have to slow down and we have to actually listen to the voices in our heads, to our bodies somatically. For me, I listen to the forest. And if I was just like going on a hike, you know, I'm going on this trail and I'm going to bring my iPhone and I'm going to take selfies and I'm going to, you know, it's like, well, how is the forest going to speak to me? Or how am I going to hear that inner voice if I'm not willing to turn my phone off and be quiet for a minute? And I think there's such simple ways of reconnecting to the earth. And in terms of like really hearing, um, how to move forward in a philosophical way, but we're not going to be able to hear that if we're so damn distracted by all of the modern technologies. And I know we all are really busy, but we can't be too busy to protect literally the life force of what keeps us alive and well at this, as humans. Yeah. I really love that. You know, here on the podcast, my sister and I will always talk about living in your truth. And we always tell our listeners, like, it's important to live mm -hmm. in your truth and work on yourself. And especially this past December, we've been doing a lot of journaling and um, just telling people to figure out who you are and what you want to change. But we can't forget that the earth has its truth too. And just like ourselves and us living in our truth and working on it, we have to do the same for the earth. And I feel like people forget there's a lot of voiceless whether it's the planet or animals out there, and we have to be their voices. And, um, you know, I know it is it is the holiday season, and um, I feel like the first thing we all think about is gifts. And so um, mm -hmm. to wrap it up, I do want to ask you, because it's Christmas and Hanukkah, what would be your tips for a more cautious, like, gift giver or for shopping? Like, what would you recommend to people? Well, this is what I would do. And this is what I do. <laughs> um, and this is just one option. I happen to have a garden, but I also have neighbors with fruit trees and there's also farmers markets and stuff. Um, I would go and I would, you know, ask my local farmer or neighbor or who, whatever, however you have access to local foods and say, Hey, like, do you have a couple cases of old apples, tomatoes, you know, wherever people are living, which is going to be different compared to what they're able to get. 
And I would make a big batch of tomato sauce or applesauce, get your ball jars at the store, make a cute label. And that is something that's literally from your hands, from your heart, from your local region. Who doesn't love homemade food? I mean, we all know the food we get at the market kind of tastes like crap. Like it doesn't have a lot of flavor. It's been packaged. It's been transported. Who knows how long it's been sprayed with who knows what? Well, some of us know what, but Mm -hmm. so that's one option is to go to your local farm, your farmer's market, your garden, whatever you have access to, buy some stuff and make things. You can get herbs, dry herbs and get some sea salt and make like, you know, thyme, sage, a finishing salt for people's tables. Who's not going to love that? The other thing I like about giving food gifts that you make is most likely they're going to be used. A lot of the other gifts that I, even that I've gotten over the years, like maybe it's, maybe I like it, maybe I don't, but I'm like, where am I going to put it? Am I ever going to wear this thing? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with this tchotchke? It's like, we really don't need more of that. <laughs> and so food is something like we're going to eat, we're going to use, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be something. So A, like, if you want to give an actual gift, yeah, make something creative. There's so many blogs online that talk about even easy 30 minute things um, that you can make a big batch of and have for a bunch of people. I think also cards have really been um, undermined, like a beautiful letter from somebody's heart. That actually means a lot. A like even sometimes like I'll get a, a beautiful postcard and I'll pick one of my favorite poems out. Not even that I wrote, cause sometimes that can get challenging <laughs> to write a poem, you know, if you don't mm-hmm. have time, but take a poem and write a poem out or print a poem on like beautiful organic recycled cardstock. You know, there's things that are simpler that we don't have to feel like we have to go to the mall and we have to get the thing. So I would really consider what are things that we can make with local ingredients or from local artists. And then the other thing I'll say is, let's say you're like, you know what, Ayana, I do not have time to make tomato sauce. I sure as hell don't have time to write a poem on this card right now. (laughs) Um, If you really want to buy something from someone else to give a gift, I think that's fine too. But let's really understand who are we supporting when we buy those gifts? Um, Are we supporting a big multinational corporation with a thing that was made who knows where? Or are we going on Instagram or whatever on social media? Are we all know makers? All of us know at least a maker or two that really do things in a beautiful way. Um, And if you don't know, like I said, you can research it. But um, I, I like for instance, through the For the Wild community, we have so many amazing craftspeople and makers who make beautiful things really with intentionality, ethically, with locally sourced organic materials that are good for the earth. And then not only are you buying something that's meaningful and well done and handcrafted, you're also supporting small businesses and you're supporting the small makers who are doing the work in a good way. So it's kind of like like a triple win type situation. You're giving a great gift, you're doing something good for the earth, and you're helping to support local economies and people who are really doing work in a way that's intentional and um, giving. Yeah, those are great ideas. Yeah, gr- great ideas. And I, um, you know, it's funny because uh, you just talked about how disconnected uh, so many of us are just with the, with um, communications being just at our palm all the time. And that really forces you, especially around this mm-hmm. holiday season where family is so important to kind of slow down. And just, I love the idea of mm-hmm. uh, stopping making something that we've grown ourselves and that that not only is good is a good gift that people like to consume if you give it to them, but it also like if Bree and I were to do that, we would spend more time together as a family, which I think is beautiful. Right. Uh, one uh, one last question I have for you because a lot of times when we talk about the environment um, 
and climate change and that sort of thing, people see it as such a downer, right? Because it seems like such a mm-hmm. negative topic and rightfully so with how much we've destroyed the earth. But I'd like to end it on a positive note. What's something that you're excited about um, when it comes to the environment mm-hmm. or, or things that you have hope for? And especially in the new year, I mean, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things kind of exciting going on in this space that people talking about the Green New Deal and that sort of thing. What are the things that you're excited about? Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is building community. And there are more people than ever that are awake and alerted to the destructive stuff that's happening. And in a way, sure, you know, it's, it's heavy to be able to be awake to it. But the fact is, we have more people than ever who are caring, who are learning, who are educating themselves, who are educating the youth. I mean, how beautiful is that? Like to imagine that we could have an entire global movement of people saying, we're going to do this together. We're going to be creative. And I really believe, and this is something um, from Dear Friends Climbing Poetry, who's this incredible stand-up poet activist. Um, some Like where I get so much of my inspiration is from people who are using creativity as an antidote to destruction. So when we're feeling the heaviness and we're like, oh my gosh, there's so much being destroyed. It's like, how can we go in have that meditative moment and be like, boom, like I'm going to now create a group. I'm going to create this beautiful offering. I'm going to get together with my friends, my community and share love and share food and share culture. Like these are the things that are going to get us through is to be able to come together in joy and in celebration because this work doesn't have to be a downer. We can actually create a beautiful culture of resistance. And, and I love the idea of having a cornucopia of folks with their talents and their gifts sharing with one another, linking arms and saying, we're going to do this together. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to love each other. And we are going to make a more beautiful world because that is possible. Like if we were able to do all these other things, like, of course we can do the opposite of that. There's, you know, we are very intelligent creatures. We have so many opportunities and so many options of how we can use our energy and our creativity. And so I'm really excited. And I have so many, um, dear allies that I interview on the For the Wild podcast that inspire the heck out of me. And all of their magic that they are giving back to the earth is just so beautiful to be a part of and to be moved by. So I would definitely say like, you know, don't feel alone. Let's do this together and let's get inspired by each other. Yes. Well, you gang definitely two earth warriors. So you need any help. Brian and I will be right there. And for all you Mm. Bella podcast (laughs) listeners, You guys will love Ayana Young's podcast, For the Wild. It's one of Brian and our favorites. Um, You do definitely get inspired, educated. It's a beautiful podcast. And also, please check out her documentary, When Old Growth Ends. And just remember, it doesn't have to be scary to help the environment. It's actually a beautiful thing. And I love what you say, Ayana, community. Let's all be the same community, grow as one, and do this all together. Oh, thank you both so much. Wow, what a moving conversation that was. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved just speaking to her. It just was amazing. Yeah, and um, it's always interesting to talk to people who have such breadth of knowledge as far as like uh, the environment goes because I feel like sometimes people ask you or I about stuff and we're, we're a lot of hemming and hawing, and like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and you could tell totally. that she's so knowledgeable about it and she could talk forever about it and her passion for it and that's something that i aspire to right is like uh that sort of 
um, depth in how you're living and um, that kind of care and that kind of intentionality. I mean, it's a, uh, it was wonderful listening to her. It really was. So you guys, we're going to keep this sustainable talk going because up next is Dear Bellas. But first, a quick break. Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Bree and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut in, <laughs> in our eyes. Usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping. Ooh, that is the intense that I like. Intense heat, lasting plump. From the hot new Lifter Plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, Lifter Plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome back to our segment, Dear Bellas, where we give Bella-style advice to our listeners. Because who needs Abby when you have two Bellas? <laughs> That's right. And today we have Brian joining us, so we're going to answer two questions. Here's the first question. Hey, Bellas. My name is Kayla, and I have a question that actually might be better suited for Brie and Brian because it's about the environment. Um, I had my daughter 19 months ago, and since having her, I'm just really, really starting to think about the planet that she's going to inherit from us and what I can do to be greener and more environmentally conscious. Uh, but I don't really know where to start. We already recycle. We already have a compost. Um, and I'm just finding it really overwhelming. So um, any tips you have would be really great and really appreciated. Thanks so much. Bye. Kayla, that was a great question. And Brian and I actually, we always say that the hardest thing is like where to start because sometimes it can be really scary and seem like it's such a hard thing and that you're going to have to transition your whole life and have all these sacrifices. But I'm going to let Brian answer right after me. For myself, what I realized really helped me 
um, and going green and kind of just being cautious of um, the environment and my surroundings is energy. The one thing I realized is the refrigerator is the number one thing that wastes energy. So the longer we keep it open means that the fridge, when you shut the door, it feels like it has to make everything really cold again. So it's being, you know, smart with how much you use your fridge, not letting our little ones keep opening up the door because I know Birdie will go over and just open up the door for no reason. Um, Another thing, too, is when I wash the dishes, I don't leave the water running. Um, I'm really smart how I wash my dishes. And also laundry. Laundry is a big thing for us moms. Um, We feel like we're constantly doing it. But trying to do your laundry always on cold because when you do hot or warm, that means it's taking energy for your um, wash machine to have to heat up the water. And also showers, being smart with your showers, Um, not trying to waste as much water. But I feel like because you're home a lot with your um, kid, it's those little things that make a difference if we all could work on that. Um, Even brushing your teeth. Don't leave the water on when you're brushing your teeth. Um, but all those little things that you can do at home and you're recycling already and you're composting, that can make actually a big impact on the planet. So this is a really hard thing to answer because everybody's starting at a different place and everybody, no matter how good you are, has room to improve, Bri and I included. Um, but one of the things that I think is important for people to understand is when it comes to recycling, the mantra is reduce reuse, then recycle. Recycling is the last thing. And the first thing that you need to do is reduce. Reduce how much you consume. Um, And then reuse the things that you do consume. And no company wants to hear people say this, but stop buying so much stuff. We don't need as much stuff as we all have and as much as we all buy. And the best thing that you can do for the planet is is stop consuming so many things. No matter what you buy, it takes up a lot of resources from the planet, especially when it, the packaging and the plastics and all that kind of stuff. So that would be, uh, if I were you, that would be my first step. And that also saves you a lot of money. So right. double bonus. I agree. All right, you guys, we are going to go to question number two. Hi, this is Matt from Tampa. I'm a proud male member of the Bella Army, and I have a uh, question for actually the proud male member of the Bella family. This one is for Brian. Um, I am trying to lead a more environmentally friendly life, and so some of the things I've been doing, um, I've stopped getting plastic bags in the grocery stores. I've gotten uh, biodegradable trash bags that we use now. And a lot of the things that I've noticed that as I'm doing this uh, process for myself and for my family is that a lot of eco-friendly products are not accessible or they're really expensive or I have to buy them off of Amazon and have a big jet plane send them to us anyway, which I'm sure isn't really carbon neutral. Um, Knowing how uh, this is a passion for you, um, I just wanted some advice on like easy and cheap ways to go eco-friendly. Also, for you, the Bellas, um, I really, really hope you guys end up doing a meet and greet at Mania this year. I'm in Tampa. We're going to Mania, and my daughters love you guys so much. So anyway, any eco-friendly advice is helpful. Thank you very much. Love the show. All right, Matt. Thank you very much for the question. I'm uh, flattered by all these questions directed at me, given that um, Bri and Nicole are the real stars of this show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but so uh, one of the things that you can do 
Um, I agree with you as far as like shipping things from Amazon. Shipping is a huge uh, waste producer in the world as far as carbon emissions and that kind of stuff goes. Is buying things locally and um, buying things that don't have packaging. Going to your farmer's market to get your produce and that sort of thing is really good. Uh, And then one other thing that I just want to mention is that's really important, and especially given that you live in the state of Florida, is your voting record counts. the, one of the biggest things that we can do if we want a system that's going to stop climate change and that sort of thing is we need to vote people in who are going to address these things. If we don't vote those people in, if we get another four years or more of people who uh, ignore climate change or treat it like it's not uh, a looming threat or an existential crisis, then we're facing disaster. So uh, your voting record does count. So make sure that you vote for people who are going to address the environmental issues that are facing us today. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt, I'm going to add one little thing too, because, you know, I, I shop at Whole Foods, but there's so many times when I check out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got 10 items. Wait, how much did I spend? But um, one thing that Brian and I always try to do, and we always realize it saves us so much money, but you're still being eco-friendly, you're still being organic and all that, is farmer's markets. I swear, I go with $40 cash, and I come out like I just did the biggest shopping spree. Don't you guys agree? Yeah. But, um, and especially, it's fun. It's a fun time, Yeah, too. and Nicole, you lived in Tampa. There, there was probably farmer's markets, right? Yeah, definitely. And what I love is all farmer's markets. They play music. They have fun yeah. activities. They have it's, great it's like an experience. Like, uh, food as far as just like... Yeah. Uh, like a local I always get the empanadas I swear (laughs) oh my My gosh yeah you definitely could leave on a full belly that's for sure there's always so much good food yeah it's a a fun experience too and I think it makes being environmentally friendly fun which is I I think uh, should be a focus, not the focus, but a focus of environmentalism is making it more accessible and making it more fun for everybody as opposed to like, it always seems like such a downer, right? Like, yeah. right. like, like stop doing these things. Or oh, yeah. I got to save the planet. Yeah, what yeah. an inconvenience. Yeah, what an Honestly, inconvenience. if anything, yeah. I think it's the opposite. It's empowering. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You get to be your own. Right. Um, the New York Times put out this article. This is weeks ago, but I was kind of like, oh, I like this. But um, it said something like, Stop pestering the vegans and the environmentalists. All they want to do is help. Right. Well, and I think that goes for anything that people get upset on socially. Like if people are doing it peacefully and spreading it with love and it's something they believe in, don't hate them for it. At least they're using their platform for a positive thing instead of a hateful thing. I agree. Um, And Matt, hopefully, yes, we will be there in Tampa at WrestleMania. We would love to meet your daughters. We absolutely love our little Bella Army, all our little girl fans, as well as little boys. So thank you so much for calling in. And remember, Bella Army, if you want a chance to hear from us, anything from relationships to business life to mom life or whatever else you want advice on, please give us a call at 833-Q-Bellas. Also remember to call 833-Q-Bellas and let us know your New Year's resolutions for 2020 or something you're proud of or overcame in 2019. We'd love to hear from our Bella Army, and we're going to play some of the messages on our New Year's episode. That is right, and we always love hearing from you guys, but you know what it's time for now, Brie? (gasps) Bella Brains! As always, Bella Brains is hosted by my husband, WWE superstar, Daniel Bryan. 
Thank you, Bree. Always glad to be back for another edition of Bella Brains, the hilarious weekly game show hosted by yours truly, where one twin leaves the room while I ask the other some questions, and we keep score to see who has the stronger Bella Brain. We're keeping track of who wins each week, and the first one to five wins gets a bottle of Dom Perignon paid for by the loser. The current score is two to three. Bree's still in the lead, but Nikki making that comeback. Oh, you wish, girl. Is Nikki going to be able to tie it up? Let's find out. It's time for Bella Brains, Bella Brains, Bella Brains. All right. Who's going to leave the room first? You know what? I'll leave first. And why don't you take Winston with you? Good. Mean little Applehead will head on out. All right. The cheater is out. The cheater is out. Hit me with those questions. Okay. For this week's Bella Brains... I'm going to ask you questions about years, brother. Years? Years. Are you ready? I am. Okay. First question. We're entering the year 2020. What is the event that supposedly happened 2020 years ago that started our current system of notating years? What? What happened 2020 years ago? What happened 2020 years ago? Yeah, that started our current system of noting years. Um... Like when people started to count years? (laughs) The way we count years, because you could have started at any year. Like 3,000 years ago, the world still existed. So why Why did we we start doing it? What happened 2,020 years ago that made us start counting years from then? Um, Would it be that we became a society and we needed structure? No, there was a specific like suppo- event, like a meteor hit planet Earth or something weird. <laughs> I mean, you could say it's something weird. I mean, it's a specific event like that supposedly happened. I feel like it has to deal with the stars and the moon. No, I mean that's not a specific event. Like, did a star hit the Earth? Did a star hit the Earth? 2020 years ago. Okay. Do you know what a star is? Yeah, I know what a star is. What is a star? It's a ball of gas. And do you think a star oh, never mind. They hit burn the out earth? <laughs> like the sun hit the earth 2020 years ago. I mean, I have no idea. The birth of Jesus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you I know. feel so dumb. I didn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jesus. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. Question number two. You only get one guess on this. How often do leap years happen? Every four years. Ding, 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 ding. Final question. You get three guesses. How many different time zones are there on Earth? Oh, interesting. Um, There has to be like 20. No. Um, 40. Higher or lower? I can't tell you. Dang it. Last guess. 15. What is that? 24. Oh, shit. <laughs> you I know, a, so time close. Zone, a time zone for like every every kind of hour, there's 24 oh. hours in a day. You <laughs> Damn it. It's like all spelled out for me. It's all spelled out for you. Yeah. My brain is foggy. Poor performance. Yeah, poor performance. Poor performance. So I got one out of three. Damn you it. You got one out of three. Okay, don't tell Nicole. I'm going to go get her. Okay, go get her. All right, Nicole is back. I I'm gave back. her the terrified face. She did, which is not nice. 
Okay, Nicole, are you ready? I'm ready. For uh, this week's edition of Bella Brains, we're going to be talking about years. Oh. Do you know why? Because it deals with numbers? No, because New Year's is coming up. Oh, Duh. yeah. <laughs> Duh. All right. First question. We're entering the year 2020. What is the event that supposedly happened 2020 years ago that started our current system of noting years? Ice Age? <laughs> no. 2,000 years ago. 2,020 years ago. Oh, 2,020 years ago? <laughs> oh, like the whole 20 years really is like, <laughs> wow. Um, Excuse me, this is my turn. And it started a new age? No, that's how we, like, you understand that now we're going to be in the year 2020. Okay. So what happened oh, that 2,020 year. years ago that started our current way of no- noting years, of notating years? Um, the pyramids. You get one more guess. Hmm, what happened? I mean, be people knowing numbers? Maybe just human life? Oh my gosh! Adam and you Eve. Think Adam and Eve started. That's her two, answer. Two thousand twenty years oh, ago. Oh, because you got it right. That's her answer. She got it right. Obviously, <laughs> the birth of Jesus. Oh, duh. I didn't get it right, but don't you feel awful? Oh my God, I feel like a terrible human. But I was thinking something else. What? Adam and Eve? Ice Age? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was thinking like. Those are the two things you were thinking. And I was thinking the dates. So then I thought the pyramids, because they found those numbers and that started them thinking of the calendar. That's what I was going for. They found numbers with the pyramids? That's how they started to do the talents. Well, but that's how they started to do the talents. You're making us all dumber, and I just got smarter. I know. I need to go backwards. Um, I'm right, bitch. So Google. You were actually wrong. Yeah. 100%. Te- technically, you were wrong. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to okay. tell myself I was right. Second question. You get one guess. How often do leap years happen? Every other year. And every four years. That's right, girl. I got that right because I was like, if that's someone's birthday, that sucks. Okay, you get three guesses on this last one. How many different time zones are there on Earth? How many different time zones? 12? <laughs> Six? <laughs> Did you get it? Do we get guesses still? No, you wouldn't give me any. Or Did you, you ask? I go, wait, am I hot or cold? It's weird how your guys' twin brains work because <laughs> what she just asked was, do we get guesses still? Oh, I mean, and hints. so And then you just reacted like she said hints, but she didn't say hints. <laughs> oh, yeah. She said guesses. guesses. So do we you, get any hints? Uh, no. Okay. You have one more guess. And this is the whole world, how many time zones? How many time zones? Dang it. 10. <clears throat> Dang it, what was it? 24. 24? So I was thinking because of the 12-hour clock, maybe 12. But there's 24 no, hours in a day. there's 24 hours in a day. But I was thinking I got from wrong, like here so. to the other side of the world, we're usually like a 12-hour difference, Well, I just right? know there's like 160 countries, so I figured there's a lot. <laughs> but I thought like if you would just kind of split but it But how about up. my first guess was 20? And it was 24? It's yeah. 24. Dang, but I can I just say something? Because I would have made sense. Can I just say something? I won! <laughs> That's right. Brie won Bella Brains. That's right. Brie now has four wins. Tune in next week to Bella Brains to see if Brie actually wins that bottle of dumb. We'll see you next week for Bella Brains, Bella Brains, Bella Brains. Brains.
Thank you, Brian, for hosting another edition of Bella Brains. Yes, thank you. And now it's time for Bella Army Q&A. As always, tweet at Bella Twins with the hashtag Bella's Podcast, and we might pick your question to answer on the show. So this week, we are answering a tweet from Liv, and Liv asks, I love you so much. Aw, we love you, Liv. Do you have any tips on clearing acne? Hashtag Bella's Podcast. That's actually, that's a very good question. It is a good question. It is something that I know for myself, I've struggled with on and off since I've been, I think it hit me at 19. Yeah. Or a little bit, I guess I had a little bit in high school, but more in college for me. Um, So a few things, definitely you have to bring a regimen into your morning and your evening of cleaning your face. Um, so you need to start to figure out what products worked out for you. I have to say that Dermalogica always was something that worked really great for me on, especially the spot treatment. And like, they have a few products that are geared towards acne that I really saw a difference from, um, cleaning your pillowcases. You guys, once a week isn't okay. Because think of what you're doing in that week and you're laying your face on. Now, if you're someone that truly suffers from acne, put a clean towel in your pillowcase every night. You need a clean surface. You're laying on it for what? At least eight hours. And if your pillowcase is dirty, guess what? It's just sitting in your skin for eight hours after you clean your face, after your pores have been open. I agree. And you know, something that really worked for me, because I'll say in high school, I really dealt with it bad on my cheeks. Um, it was crazy. Like I just could not keep my cheeks clear, but I had to do like the least amount of things. I think I was trying to do all these different things and put all these different chemicals on my face. When she says things, she means products. Products. And it wasn't working. Um, I'll never forget a dermatologist told me, um, use the purpose bar. You can get it at like CVS pharmacy or Walgreens and just try to minimize whatever you're putting on your face. Like let it just kind of relax for a while. And I felt like I started to see it clear up and I use all clean organic products. Um, I just stay away from scents. I yeah, know that can cause skin irritation. Right, because I just realized I have sensitive skin. So the least amount I put on my face and the cleanest it is, it's better for me. Yeah, and I have to say in the mornings, I always make sure to wash my face with ice cold water and in the evenings with warm water. And just know that when you put warm water on your face, you're opening up your pores, which is great, but just know like you don't want to do that in the morning and then put makeup on. So keep your warm water for the evening. Also, and this is still hard for me, don't pick. I was the worst picker. Picking causes scars. Picking will leave that pimple there a lot longer than you just letting it go. And the day that it's ready to explode, I know, sorry guys, that sounded gross. (laughs) Get a warm washcloth, even make it hot, put it on top and let it just go on its own. Yeah. It's hard not to And get tools. And then on top of it, if you can afford it, go get your blood drawn. Because sometimes you will find out that you are deficient in some things, you're lacking some things. Or recently, like I found out I had PCOS. That causes adult acne and there's medication for it. So sometimes there could be something going on within or within your blood that you don't even know. And it could be causing the acne. It's your body saying, help, there's something wrong with me and I need help. Right. So sometimes it's not always the food we're eating, which you guys, so if you're someone who's a soda drinker or fried food eater, that's going to show on your cheeks. Right. As Make well sure as to alcohol. drink a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. But if you're following all those things and you're still getting acne, you have to go to a doctor because your body is just telling you something. It's saying something's wrong within and I'm trying to warn you. So, Liv, I hope that helps 
your question and it helps anyone else out there listening. Um, but that is it for this week's Bella Army Q&A. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's podcast. And thank you to our special guest, Ayana Young. Please check out her documentary, When Old Growth Ends. And also thank you, Ayana, for bringing your wisdom, helping us out with all the tips to be more environmentally friendly. That is right. And make sure to tweet us your questions for Bella Army Q&A with the hashtag Bella's Podcast. And call 833-Q-Bellas to ask us for on-air advice in our new segment, Dear Bellas. And please show us love by rating the show, leaving a review, and hitting subscribe. Special thanks to Brian for being a great Bella Brains host. And until next week, remember to stay fearless. And you always go mode if you drink along with us. See you next Wednesday. And as Birdie likes to say, Bye-bye. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.